and welcome to the very first Urban Talk podcast. I'm your host, Belinda Barnett. In this first episode of Urban Talk, we're going to be giving you an introduction to me and to what the Urban Talk podcast is all about. What we're hoping to do with the Urban Talk podcast series is to talk about all things urban. And by that I mean talk about the development that is occurring within Sydney and the greater metropolitan area. I have to state up front that I am not an anti-development activist. In fact, I believe that good development is something that needs to be celebrated and not feared. But I am concerned because there is an alarming gap that's emerging between communities and the development sector. And that's really, really concerning to me. Why would I be concerned? Because I'm an urban planner. And as a planner, I work within a sector that manages the growth and development of our cities. And development shouldn't be something that invokes fear. As a planner, we manage the growth of cities. We do that by making plans and that guide where new development should go and by putting in place that controls that are used by urban designers and architects and engineers when they design new buildings and infrastructure. Infrastructure such as open spaces or bridges or light rail systems and airports. Some urban planners work in local councils. Some work in state government agencies such as the Department of Planning, Industry and Environment. Some work for developers and some work in private consulting. I decided around 30 years ago that I wanted to specialise in one particular area of planning and that was community engagement. Community engagement is all about explaining new developments and new plans to local communities. I really like to think about it as actively talking and actively listening to what people have to say about development projects. And where there is a misunderstanding or a concern, and trust me, that is frequently the case and it's becoming more so, my role is to try and resolve the issues, try to find that middle ground. I realised very early on in my career that people are intrinsically sceptical about development. Because let's face it, development involves change. And most people don't readily embrace change. That's where NIMBY thinking come from, came from, you know, not in my backyard. I also realised about 30 years ago that developers and government were not that good at talking to communities about development. Let's face it, it's, it's easy to say nothing than to say something if you're wanting to try and avoid confrontation. But it was a lot easier to say nothing before we had social media. Social media now means that there is always someone who will be potentially wanting to start a conversation about a new development. And in my opinion, I'd rather be the one starting the conversation and leading it than reacting to what's being said. I felt so passionate about community engagement that I started my own communications consultancy Urban Concepts back in 1994 and for the past 27 years I've been working with my clients helping them to explain their projects to local communities. Over that past 27 years I've got to say I've had thousands, thousands of conversations about planning and development projects right across Australia. I've discussed mobile phone towers, open cut coal mines, residential estates, the design of highways, seniors living in aged care projects, how new town centres should evolve, drug and alcohol clinics, RSL clubs, bus depots, milk processing plants, you name it, and I will have had a conversation about it. The highlight of my career so far has really been managing the communications on the Sydney Olympic site, and that was where we turned an, an old abattoir into the international sporting facilities that most of you might have you know, come to enjoy today out at Homebush. The truth is, I haven't come across a project in my career that doesn't generate a reaction. 
About 80% of the conversations that I've had have gone really well. In fact, I can say they've been great. I've even had people that have come along to our consultation events that have sent me Christmas cards and emails thanking me for giving them the opportunity to express their views. But that other 20% of conversations I could also describe as being slowly immersed in acid. Such is the emotional human reaction that development can generate. It can get pretty hot and heated. Let me give you an example. Um, Back in around 1998, I was doing some community relations work and I had to uh, go and talk to a local community about a mobile phone tower that was being planned. It was most probably, I think, on a Wednesday afternoon and I received a phone call from my client asking me if I could go up and meet with an elderly couple who sounded very, very nice, I was told on the telephone, and go and have a cup of tea with them and uh, just to explain what the project was all about. I said, no problem. So I arrived at their house in the afternoon. They were a lovely, lovely couple. Um, They showed me onto their balcony. They asked me if I'd like to have a cup of tea or a glass of water. I said, a glass of water would be nice. That that would be nice. They sat me down. They both went into the kitchen to get the glass of water. And while I was sitting there, I saw coming up the, the side of their home a whole string of people. And I mean a lot of people, I mean about 50 people. And they were carrying deck chairs and they were carrying placards saying no mobile phone tower. And they immediately then put their chairs down into the back garden and I suddenly found myself sitting on a stage with a group of people in front of me that were not very happy. In fact, they were pretty angry. And that's when you suddenly you know, start really thinking on your feet. You think, wow, I wasn't expecting this. I thought I was just going to have a nice cup of tea with an elderly couple and just talk through the project. And so I stood up. I said, you know what, there's two ways this conversation can go. I can leave right now and I can get back in my car and I can go back and I can tell my client that, yeah, sure, you're not very happy, but you're going to have to try a different approach. Or you can sit down, you can treat me with respect, you can stop pointing your fingers at me, you can stop yelling abuse at me and we can have a decent conversation and I can actually really begin to understand what your issues are and I can see if I can help you. And that was what we did. We ended up having a really nice conversation. And yes, I used the word nice. And I did understand at the end of that conversation, which was calm and considered and went on for about two hours, what their concerns were. And I undertook to go back to my client to see what I could do. And then for the preceding six months, I worked with that community. I also worked with my client to find another location for their mobile phone tower. And we were able to absolutely resolve what their concerns had been. And that was great because in the case of that project, I was able to 100% solve their problem through having a thorough and robust conversation. But I've got to say that community engagement isn't always about finding consensus for a development project, but it's about using the conversations to create the best possible development outcome for a community and the developer. The point is that having conversations with local communities is critical to achieving great urban outcomes. And I'm 100% convinced that community consultation will always deliver a much better project than if it didn't occur. When we don't get to have these conversations and the project evolves and it just has adversary and a standoff that occurs between a developer and a community, 100% of the time it'll be the Land and Environment Court that determines whether the development should proceed or not. The court should be a decision maker of last resort. It should not be a default decision maker. I really believe at the moment that it's time to change how we start having community 
engagement, how we go about having community conversations. Over the past three years, it's becoming increasingly clear to me that communities are not embracing community engagement with the same gusto that they used to. And here's what I see happening. Firstly, communities are becoming increasingly time poor. This means that they they can't set aside two hours to come along to an evening or a weekend event to learn about a project and participate in a discussion in a meaningful way. We can't any longer interpret someone not showing up to a community event as them not having a problem with a development project. That's evident because when a development application goes on exhibition, public submissions still keep coming in. We can't play a numbers game any longer. The second thing I see occurring is that the people who are attending the community engagement events are not really representative of the community as a whole. If I look critically at who is actually attending the events that we're running, it will be the over 65 demographic coming along. Because let's face it, they're the ones that are usually more likely to have time. They don't have to run after young children and get them to Saturday sport and all those types of things. And while their views are important, they're not representative of the whole community. And this is because those aged 65 plus, they're remembering the good old days. They're remembering Sydney back in the 1970s when there was less traffic on the road. There certainly was less density and there was certainly less high-rise development. And while density and traffic may be their primary concerns, these are not the primary issues of concern to people that are aged in their 20s and their 30s. They're focused on issues like climate change and sustainable design. They're focused on issues such as housing affordability and new technology. They're not fixated on traffic and parking because they're happy to use public transport to get Ubers, to participate in go-get programs. Accordingly, community engagement then is purely starting to canvas the views of just one age cohort. And that's really not representative of our community any longer as a whole. And the third thing that's really, I guess, troubling me is that the focus of community discussions when we do get to have them is really becoming regulatory compliance. Communities are becoming fixated on numerical compliance. Does the project fully comply with the controls? Yes or no? And if it doesn't, it must be bad development. The developer is being greedy. They're asking for way too much. I can honestly say, after working in the development sector for close to 35 years, that it is rare to find a project that achieves 100% compliance. As planners, we talk about whether the intent of a development control is achieved rather than whether strict numerical compliance is achieved. Planners assess development based on merit and we do this by looking at how well the development fits within its location and what it contributes back to the community. For example, does it provide a through-site link, public open spaces, outdoor dining areas, public art? A conversation that is centred purely on numerical compliance doesn't allow for these types of explanations and it makes it very difficult for a community to understand what the developer is setting out to achieve in the first place. The fourth thing I'm really concerned about is that communities are starting to learn about new developments through local community Facebook pages. They have become the go-to place to find out what is going on in a local area. And, And it's great, don't get me wrong, I really support local community Facebook pages, but The fact is that some of these sites are being administered by anti-development activists and if that is the case, there's no way of achieving a balanced conversation about a new development. 
I've known of projects where petitions about a project have started before the developer has even acquired a site, before they've designed the project and before they've lodged the development application. The other key thing with going to a Facebook page to get information about a project is that when you've got a Facebook administrator trying to interpret the project, architectural plans and the range of specialist reports that comprise a development application are incredibly complex. Local councils don't provide any interpretation of a development application for a community on their website. So it's the responsibility of the community Facebook page administrator to interpret the development application and they're doing that on behalf of local residents. And if the project is being incorrectly explained and talked about, it's virtually impossible for the developer to regain control of the conversation or put correct information into the public realm that will be believed. So given those four things, it's it's clear to me that we urgently need to reset the community engagement model going forward. And we need to make it more time efficient. We need to make it more age inclusive. So it needs to address, I guess, the concerns of all age groups. It needs to have a balanced discussion and it needs to be factually accurate. Over the past 12 months at Urban Concepts, we've been giving this a tremendous amount of thought and we've been developing a new community engagement approach that we call Urban Talk. Urban Talk is designed to change the way we have conversations with local communities about development and urban planning. And it's going to do this by promoting a shared understanding about development between communities, developers, design professionals and government. Urban Talk uses digital media as the community engagement platform instead of face-to-face events. Digital and media allows us to achieve a balanced discussion and a balanced discussion is the first requirement that has to be met if there is to be a shared understanding about a new development project occurring in an area or a new plan. By digital media, I mean videos, podcasts, street talk interviews and live webinar events. First and foremost, Urban Talk videos will take the community onto a development site. Using drone footage, live interviews and 3D visualisations, we will explain what a development is all about and how it fits into the local area and what it will contribute back to the local community. I bring my planning expertise to the community engagement process and work alongside our creative producer, Cooper Lindsay, to tailor the storyboard for each video. Our Urban Talk videos are both professionally accurate and have integrity. And integrity is is fundamental because they have to identify and address key issues of community concern. And that needs to be a robust discussion. One of the biggest benefits of the videos is that they enable communities to get timely and accurate information about a development anytime, anywhere. No longer will people have to find that two hours to come along to an event. Instead, by watching a 15-minute video, they will be able to understand what the project is about and, importantly, why it has been designed the way it has. As they are being professionally made by an experienced film producer, they will be enjoyable to watch and they're going to be accessible through our Urban Talk YouTube channel. Our videos will be supported by our Street Talk interviews and our facilitated live Q&A webinars, where we will answer the pressing questions that we know the community wants answered. The bottom line is that Urban Talk will reinvigorate the conversations that we need to be having between developers and communities and enable a greater number of people of all age groups to be part of the conversation. 
Through our Urban Talk podcast series, we are looking to really break down the barriers that exist between the development sector and local residents. Our podcasts are really going to supplement our Urban Talk videos by deep diving into current urban issues and examining all sides of the concern or argument. Some of the topics that we are really excited to explore over the coming months are exactly how do developers develop? Let's break it down so that everyone can understand the process and what's involved. Let's also really examine and look at development from a resident's point of view. What do developers need to do differently when it comes to really talking about development with local residents, with communities? How can residents feel they can best interact? And let's get their thoughts and ideas so that they can really feel that they are being heard through the engagement process. I'm also really keen to talk with architects and urban designers to understand how regulation and compliance, all those planning controls that we have, is really stifling design and creativity. Let's face it, there has to be a reason why all our apartment buildings are starting to look the same. I'm also keen to talk about new ideas for managing intergenerational living that could also help solve issues such as housing affordability. Let's look at some of the obstacles that once again our architects are facing that is really stopping them from being able to realise new forms of housing. And another topic that I'm really interested about is why is ageing becoming a dirty word in our cities? Why do local communities kick back against aged care and seniors living projects so much? Where do communities really think that people are going to live in their 80s and their 90s if they're suffering from dementia or mobility issues and they can't live by themselves? These are just some of the topics that I'm really looking to bring to you and to drill down on. But I'd love to hear your ideas for some of the topics that you would like us to talk about, that you would like us to research. So if you have any ideas, I invite you to email those through to me at belinda at urbanconcepts.net.au. Our aim through our podcast series is to upload a podcast every month. To find out more about Urban Talk, check our website and don't forget to follow our socials. Thanks for listening and I look forward to joining us in the coming months.